Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. If you will open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16 and verse 24. Acts 16 and 24. And the Bible reads, Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks? And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. I'd like to preach to you on this topic today. Shake the foundations. Shake the foundations. I believe God has sent us to this place in this time, in this season to shake the foundations. Amen. If you'll put your Bibles down, why don't you lift your voices and your hands and just pray that God would use us in this place, that he would put a fresh anointing over us for he has something in this place today. God, Lord, we worship you. Lord, we pray that your will would be done in this service. Hallelujah. You may be seated, just as long as you promise not to stay seated. At this time in Scripture, we see Paul and Silas in the midst of prison. They were being held captive for doing the very works of God. It seems to be unfair, don't you agree? Acts 16 and 16 tells us, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her the same hour. The woman that was possessed by the Spirit here was possessed by the Spirit they named Divination. Now, I had to look up what divination meant because rightly I didn't know. The definition of divination is someone who wants to be able to tell the future or other unknown things via the supernatural. So you would say she was a fortune teller. And the Bible says she was good at what she done because the Bible says the masters were pleased with her work and with her gains. She was a smooth talker. And what I find interesting here in the scripture is when she came on the scene... While everybody else was praying. Now, why would she come at this point? Why would she choose this time to show up? The damsel could have come to Paul or Silas at any other given time. But why then and why there? I believe it's because when we go into a place of prayer, when we get ourselves into a place of worship and seeking God, that God will bring up opportunities. Opportunities to show the very power of the God that we serve. Amen? Another interesting detail here is in the text that the damsel knew who Paul and Silas were when she walked up and met them. For she said that they were the very servants of the Most High God. You know what that shows? It shows that even the fakes know who the truth is. Even the fakes know who the real truth is. Even the ones who are liars, the ones who are false accusers, the ones that spread false doctrine know what the real stuff is. This damsel that would lie to please her masters by telling the future, if you will, knew that they were different. 
knew who they were because they were different. There's something different about the children of God. Amen. I believe it's the truth that sets us apart. The truth sets us apart from this world, from the false accusers of this world, from the false prophets of this world. It's the truth that sets us apart. Amen. I believe that the story of Paul and Silas perfectly describes how this church is in this season that we're in. Into this period of war that we have stepped into. Like the damsel that was possessed, there are some little battles that we're facing in this day. There are some things that us as a church must first get rid of in our lives. We must get rid of them from our communities, from our church, from our schools, from our families. We must cast some things out in our lives. Now, I love what the Bible says about what Paul did in verse number 18. It says, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. It's a simple phrase. I command thee. I command thee. In the Bible, in the Greek, it says for this word command, it means paragale. And I love what one of the definitions of this word paragale means. It means to charge. So if you will, when Paul said this to the damsel, it was a war cry, if you will. He was saying, oh, that I cast you out in the name of Jesus. It was a charge. He was letting all of hell know that it had no longer was welcome in that place, that Satan no longer had a hold on her. Paul, at this point, was becoming the general of the army of Israel, of the army of God, and giving the orders to the very army to cast out every evil spirit that came from the pits of hell and send it back from whence it came. Because I still believe that we have the God-given power to cast out every evil thing that comes against us. Amen. Is there anyone that agrees with me in this place? Now I know that there isn't an evil spirit behind every corner. I know there isn't an evil spirit behind every rock. But evil spirits are more relevant now than they have ever been before. Who can agree with me in this place today? Demons are running rampant on our streets. They come and try to get into our homes. They come into our children's lives. They come against our health. I wonder if there's anybody else that will agree with me today that we still have the God-given power to say, Satan, you no longer have a hold on my family. You no longer have a hold on my children. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood over this situation. Devil, you no longer have a hold on me, over my children, over my family, over my school, over my job, because I plead the blood and you must go. Now, look what happens after Paul made the charge, after his war cry, if you will, and cast the spirit out. In verse 19, it says, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. You see, the masters, they weren't mad that Paul and Silas cast the spirit out. They weren't mad about that at all. Rightly, they didn't care. What they got mad about was that they saw that the source of their income was gone. They saw that this woman who was a fortune teller was gone. That spirit had left. They saw that because of this, they would lose their gains. So then and only then did they step on. Verse number 20, and they brought them to the magistrates saying, these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. And the multitudes rose up against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. 
So after Paul and Silas won this little battle, the people rose up against them and they cast them into prison after they beat them. I believe that we have some people in this place today that are at this point right now that you thought you had the full victory. You thought that the battle was over, that it was all said and done. But however, here you are in the midst of prison. Here you are binded by chains and shackles. You are now being held captive by the very people that you were sent to free. Here you are in prison. You're at the lowest of the low, and it looks like there's no hope. Is there anyone that can agree with me? They feel like they're in their own prison tonight. That there are any people here that feel like they're being held captive in this place tonight. In this scripture, it looked like all hope was lost. But the magistrates, when they threw Paul and Silas into the prison, they made one huge mistake. They made one big mistake and that one mistake is what I want to make as my main point tonight and that is they should have separated Paul and Silas but they didn't they should have separated the people of God but they didn't they made the mistake by putting two warriors together. They made the mistake by putting two fighters together. By two apostolic tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, water-baptized people together. You see, church, there are some battles that we can face alone. There are some battles that we can fight all by ourselves. But then there are the ones where we need our brother. There are ones where we need our sister to step up and to fight with us. Ones where you can't do it alone. Can anyone agree with me in this place today? Brother Dylan, you mind come help me real quick? Don't y'all love Brother Dylan? I want to take your arm real quick. Put it over me. You see, this man right here, I'd go to war with him anytime, place, anywhere. If he told me I've got to go to war and he called me up, I'd say, where are we going and what time do I got to be there? Because I believe that by one man, that one man has power. Amen? Amen. That one man has power to cast out evil spirits and he has power from on high. But what would happen if you got one more than one man together? What would happen if as a church we would become unified in war? What would happen is if we got one or more people together over one cause and would fight the same battle? I like knowing that whenever I get weary in this war, that I got a brother Dylan who's going to pick me up. I might be weak. I might be weary. I might face a battle. But I got a brother Dylan that's going to pick me up. And I want him to know if he's ever weary, if he ever facing anything, I'm right here to pick him up. I'm right here to fight right next to him. And I wonder if there's anyone else that can agree with me in this place. You see, now look what happens when you put two warriors together in a jail cell. In verse 25, in that midnight, Paul and Silas, they prayed. And they sang praises unto God. And the prisoners, they heard them. What that means is it wasn't quiet time in the jail cell. It wasn't quiet time in the war. It wasn't quiet time in the battle. It wasn't a simple and quiet prayer. But Paul and Silas, they prayed. And they sang praises to where the prisoners, they could hear them. They were getting loud. And they were getting radical in their praise and worship. And see what happens in verse 26. Can we look real quick? And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. 
When you get two brothers together, when you get two fighters together, they shake some foundations. When you get two brothers together, when you get two warriors together, they're going to say, we'll go out into the world and we're going to break open every door. We're going to break open every chain that sets us. It's time that we start binding together in this war and then we start breaking some foundations. If you are ready for war and if you are ready to shake the prison foundations, I wonder if someone could give a shout of praise right now in this place today. For nothing can stop the people of God. No chain can hold us and no prison can hold us captive. For we are the people of God. You may be seated. An interesting thing to see here is that Paul and Silas's praise impacted every single person in that jail. It wasn't just affecting Paul and Silas. You know why? It's because there's freedom in your praise and freedom is infectious. Freedom spreads. Freedom spreads between people to people. The people of God are the ones who spread the way to freedom because in the middle of that earthquake, every door was opened and everyone's bands were loose. For there is freedom in your shout. I've come to tell you today, don't let someone undermine your praise. Don't let someone hold you back from worshiping God because through your worship and through your praise comes your freedom. Every time I give my war cry, I shake the foundations of the prison that was once holding me captive. Now look what happens after the earthquake and after freedom shows up. In verse 27, And the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm! For we are all here. Verse 29 says, Then he called for a light and sprang and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Freedom, it's infectious. Like I said earlier, because when we get into a place of prayer, and when we get into a place of worship, God, it will bring the opportunity Through our praise, we will be able to witness to our community. Through our praise, we'll be able to witness to our schools. Through our praise, we'll be able to witness on our jobs. Through our praise, we'll be able to witness through our families. And in this case, we will be able to bring freedom to the one, the very one that held us prisoner. Because look what happens in verse 33. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his ways straightway. What that shows us is that in the water where you can wash your wounds from the battle, you can bury somebody in the name of Jesus. 
I wonder if there's anyone in this place tonight who wants to shake the foundations of their prison right here and right now. Is there anyone here tonight who is ready to bring freedom on the scene right now? Are there any warriors in the room right now? Are there any chain breakers in the room right now? If you get anything from this message tonight, I want you to know is that when you get two brothers together, they're unstoppable. When you get two fighters together, freedom shows up. Peace is going to show up. Power shows up. Victory shows up. You may be seated. You may say, well, how do I know that I have that kind of power? Because that's a lot of power for just a human. That's a lot of power in this flesh. We have that kind of power because Jesus says so. That's just it. That's what Jesus said in Mark 11 and 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things whosoever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. I want freedom in this place tonight. You want some freedom? You got to declare it without doubt. You want peace? Declare it without doubt. You want redemption? Declare it without doubt. You want mercy? Declare it without doubt. God wants us to know that no matter what, we have the victory. God is telling this church of warriors that we must be unified in this war that we are walking into. For together, we are a mighty, unstoppable, immovable force to be reckoned with. I love what it says in Deuteronomy 11 and 25. There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon as he hath said unto you. One man is powerful, but a unified church is unstoppable. Let me say that again. You might be powerful by yourself, but when I get connected to my brother, I'm unmovable. Come here, John. When I get connected to my brother, I'm immovable. I'm unstoppable. I shake every foundation that stands before me. I break every chain that stands before me. I break every bond that stands before me. For we are unstoppable. We are unmovable. We will not be reckoned with for my God is before me. God also tells us in Malachi 4 and 3, And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under your soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. I've come to ask somebody, is anybody ready for war yet? God is going to put the fear of you in your enemy. I'm not that scared, but apparently the devil is afraid of me. The devil runs home scared when he comes to think about me. When he thinks about me, he worries. Whenever I step on the scene, he gets scared. Whenever I step on the battlefield, he runs crying. When I step on that battlefield, he says, oh, no, there's David. There's David. He's on the battlefield. There's no hope. Turn back now. Retreat. There's a brother LeBannon on the battlefield. There's a brother Matt on the battlefield. Run back. There's no hope. For people of God, we serve the God of angel armies. We are unmovable.
unmovable. We will not be stopped. No matter what, we will end in victory. If I could quote from Sister Carrie Brewer today, victory is not the norm of this world, but it's the norm for us. This world will never have victory. I will always have victory. The people of God will always have victory. We will always have freedom because we have declared it. And there is no doubt in my heart. Is there no doubt in your heart? Because the Bible says, if you have no doubt, it's yours. Is freedom yours? Is freedom yours? Is freedom yours? Is peace yours? Is salvation yours? Is everything yours? There is no doubt in my mind that I've got victory. If you'll stand with me and musicians come right now. God's good. In Ephesians, it talks about putting on the armor of God. And we have preached about the armor of God many times. I know I have. Having our loins girded with the truth. The breastplate of righteousness, our feet shod with the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. But I've got two questions about that. I've got two questions, just two. Why is there no backplate? The Bible says nothing about a backplate. I mean, you think, what if we're, everything else is covered, but why is my back not covered? Why does the Bible say nothing about a backplate? I believe it is because God is telling us that we do not run from a fight. We do not run from a war, for we do not retreat from a battle. Retreat is not in our vocabulary, because I've come to tell you, we are the apostolic warriors of today. We are the ones that walk on the battlefield, and we walk out with victory. We don't run. We don't run scared, because we have the power of God on our side. When we walk onto that battlefield, the only way we're walking off is when we're coming off with victory in our hand. When I step onto that battlefield, I know the only way I'm walking off is with victory. The other thing that the Bible does not tell us about is a side plate. There's no protection for your sides. Why? No side plate. Because the enemy could easily attack me from either side. And he would kill me instantly. Almost every attack from his side would have killed me. And this is how I think. The way I think that it's like this is because we're supposed to fight like the Roman soldiers did in that time. The Spartans were the elite of the elite. And when they would fight, they would stand next to each other so close that the enemy could not touch their side. And when they got into a hazy situation, when the fight got harder, they got closer. When the fight would get harder, and the fight would get harder again, they got closer and closer and closer until they could not be moved, until it looked like they were one. I've come to tell you, church, this is us. Wow, we fight. It's all for one and one for all. I wonder if right now we could step to our feet in this place. I wonder if right now we could step out to this altar. And when you come to this altar, I want you to link up with somebody. Link up with your fellow warrior. Link up with your brother or with your sister. 
Because much like Paul and Silas did, we must be unified in our praise and our worship. For unified praise and unified worship shakes foundation. Freedom is in this place because I have declared it. And I have no doubt in my heart. Victory is in this place because I have no doubt in my heart. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.